must not go back to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. That help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, we are back again. Hope you enjoyed the relatively new intro that we have. Uh, I love it every time I hear it. Anna's back. Hi. Anna, what did you think of our break noise? It was amazing. Just like magic. <laughs> oh my god, it made me so happy. Gilderoy Lockhart. That's a wonderful, wonderful little break that we have. So hope you enjoyed that as well. But anyway, we are here to discuss Chapter 2, uh, Dobby's Warning. So I'm just going to kick this thing off right away. Anna and I have very different ways of how to pronounce. And I can't change. I, it just kind of... It's hard forward. for me to change as yeah. well. It's it's just how we kind of... I say Dobby. It's how I read it my whole life as we read this series. I don't know. It's just what I read in my head when we first were reading these. And then the movies came out. And I was like, what is that? See, I was always to... Dobby. And then the movies confirmed what I had yeah. So I'm probably wrong. Thought. But I at this point, you know, I've been reading and saying Dobby for, you know, over 20 years. Not going to change now. <laughs> Let us know who's right and who's very, very wrong. Not that we're going to change anyway. (laughs) There you you go. Anyway, obviously this chapter centers around a brand new character. One of my favorites. Uh, Yeah. This is another one of those characters that doesn't get shine like they should in the movies. Oh, yes. It's a very interesting intro. You almost want him to uh, just be sitting on the bed and... Just say to Harry, you know, you'll never have a friend like me. <laughs> wow. Thank you. You went there. I definitely did. <laughs> I definitely So my first note on my outline is house elves kind of like genies. They're kind of like genies. Um, you know what makes it even better is the recent like discussion about how badly Robin Williams wanted in on the Harry Potter movie. Oh, I would have loved it. I would have loved that. Me too. Anyway, uh, how selfish a genie. Uh, I will admit the, my very, very first reaction when I read that in your notes. I am like it. I am like that comparison. I don't know. It was just like a gut reaction. Maybe because you know how selves feel like you know they're just these adorable little enslaved creatures and then the more I think about it I just say that's what makes it you know a, a genie comparison, comparison. Genie. Yes. but that's just not how I view Robin Williams and the genie but you know he is I mean that's literally he's, I know yeah. I know I know it makes sense I was just telling you my gut reaction I know that's you're fine. right you're right <laughs> I'm just gonna Take that clip out of Anna saying I'm right yeah. and just loop it Treasure it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, obviously he's capable of magic. He yes. got into the house. He's been stealing these letters. He's been, mm-hmm. he can obviously produce a hover charm. So obviously he's adept at using magic. Yes. Comes very second nature to him. And that being said, 
he's obviously st still bound in more ways than one. He's bound by the family that he works for. Yeah. Obviously. And he refers to that multiple times. Like, I've never been treated this way. I've been treated very poorly. Uh, sometimes they encourage me to injure myself more. Oh my even gosh. if they don't know what I even did. They're yeah. like, awful. But also, he's kind of bound by this compulsion to injure himself. It's horrible. It's a really awful, yeah. awful thing. I do think it makes it such an awful form of slavery because there is, you know, he makes it very clear that magic prevents any sort of escape for him. Like, he's having to injure himself even to come to Harry. Right. So there, there's no escaping from his family. So, uh, yeah. As, as much as we have uh, kind of mentioned Harry's way of life and how he's struggled for the first 11 years living under the Dursley's household, obviously Dobby's kind of endured a whole other level of yeah. hell, <laughs> essentially. We've talked about the child abuse that Harry's kind of gone through, and here I'm sure Dobby's suffered abuse under his mm -hmm. um, owners for want of a better phrase. Yeah, he just always calls them his family. Yeah. Which is no. uh, yeah, strange. But uh, he also abuses himself in, yeah. in a lot of different ways. Again, that compulsion and there's a whole other reasoning for that, I guess. So we'll, we'll go, we'll delve into the house elf thing in spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that does stand out, you know, just kind of hit me talking about, you know, how both Harry and Joby have lived through all these different types of traumas and stuff that both of them still keep that kernel of, you know, the whole reason for Dobie's visit is to try and protect Harry, mm -hmm. a boy he's never met. And then it kind of struck me as I was reading it, this weird politeness that Harry has towards it. But like Dobie makes a big deal out of him, uh, Harry inviting him to sit down. But like Harry is a 12 year old boy who just walked into his bedroom and found this like creature he's never seen before just like hanging out. And like, does he freak out? No, he's just worried about disrupting the Mason dinner and like being yelled at by Uncle Vernon. He's not freaked out by this magical creature he finds out in his room. He's still very nice and Do you think though. he's he's definitely freaked out if this happened book one though? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Before well, ghosts are he, he wasn't totally freaked out by Hagrid. But Hagrid's still believable enough. Yeah. Ghosts are a different like thing. Yeah. Ghosts would freak you out a little bit and other, you know, things, but obviously. But anyway, my original point yeah. was just that. Both of them still have this kernel of kindness sure. towards other creatures in the world. Despite Absolutely. their shared traumas. Yeah, and I, I, at least Harry, I think, sees that in in Dobby quite a bit. Yeah. Of, like... And I think he kind of alludes to it at some point. He's like, dude, don't you see what I have to, like, endure here? Yes, he does. Like, yeah. you have to understand why I can't be here. Yeah. He even says, I don't belong here. I belong yeah. in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, they do have that kind of connection early on. Mm -hmm. um, for sure. Although, I, I don't think Harry 
does a very good job of understanding. Like, Dobby asserts himself what his message is, <laughs> why he's there, and then also immediately follows that up with injuring himself yeah. uh, or not caring about what the Dursleys yeah. think of this whole situation. Yeah. Because in Dobby's mind, that's exactly what he wants. Right. Um, and Harry's very slow on this uptick of like, yeah. if I say this, this, or this, Dobby's going to scream, Dobby's going to yell, Dobby's going to hit himself over the head with a lamp. <laughs> this is... Isn't that very Harry, though? Well, 100%. Why? Oh, very much so. But I'm just like, Harry, after like the third time he yelps or screams <laughs> or hits himself with something, you should probably be figuring out what you can and can't say. And this is, again, where Hermione would be great or even ron yeah. probably has some semblance of how house elves probably operate oh yeah absolutely one of them whereas harry's just like you're just so slow and with each statement he utters more and more disruptions occur and it's like harry my goodness just shut up for once uh, or just say something different the harry we all know and love i know i know <laughs> i know but it just caught me i'm like did you really need to say that in that specific way? Could you not have phrased that differently? Come on now. Uh, whatever. Um, and then I started getting secondhand anxiety from like, the, Vernon's going to know, man. Oh my God. I kept waiting for Vernon to like come storming in and do something terrible. Which like, is yeah. ridiculous because I've read this chapter and I know everything that happens. But it's just like, I still get that secondhand anxiety. Of like, Shut up. He's going to hear you. Whatever, it's a testament to her writing, I guess, uh, to JK's writing. But um, no, that, that just stuck out to me. I'm like, Harry, dude, figure it out, man. But, but Dobby does know some things. You mentioned he has it in himself to go to Harry, mm -hmm. a person he's never met, but he has heard of. Yeah, he's he knows a lot. Of, he knows a lot. Yeah, it's weird. And not just about Harry. He knows a lot about if he has knowledge of this thing at this danger at hogwarts right. this year he knows a lot yeah <laughs> so he's kind of makes you wonder who his family is it does it 100 <laughs> percent makes you wonder who his family is and what they're up to and what their yeah. motivations are and what they've been scheming and planning mm -hmm. and all that kind of um good stuff but yeah it is kind of interesting that dobby knows a lot about harry potter and a lot about what he's done well, and, and who he is that he knows where he lives, how he intercepted Ron and Hermione's letters. Like that would be an interesting, and like, what did he need to know to be able to do that? And he knows a lot about Dumbledore too. Yes. Yeah. Which a lot of people know a lot about Dumbledore. That's true. But if you remember that he's literally enslaved yeah. being that's, I'm assuming not, doesn't have exactly the newspapers yeah. to read or TV to watch or anything like that. But it, it does lead you to think like, um, what conversations are, is this family having that he's yeah. clearly got an ear to the ground on mm -hmm. and like picking up what they're talking about, which I really do want to talk about in the spoilers. Cause I think uh, yeah. it's a really fascinating thing to discuss. Agreed. Agreed. It just makes you wonder, like, what conversations they're having about Dumbledore, what conversations they're having about Harry, um, given what we know about the family. So those are a couple of interesting things. And then Dobby promptly tries to ruin every advantage <laughs> Harry has at the Dursleys. Um, Poor Harry. Yeah, it's rough. Um, 
So Dobby does this. This is Mason. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, uh, apparently Mrs. Mason does not find of owls. Yeah, like for like, what trauma does she have that she's so deathly afraid of birds and not her owls? Side and note. now she's like okay. reliving that. Can I go on a mini Dan rant right now? Go for it. So here's the thing: Dobby does this hover charm and drops uh, pudding on, which is different than how us Americans know yes. pudding. Putting that aside, so drops this pudding. Uh, Near them in the movie, it's on Mrs. Mason or yeah, Mr. Mason, but it's a floor that yeah. it splashes up. Anyway, so there's this uh, thing that happens, and the Ministry of Magic then sends a letter saying that you have now used magic, underage magic, in front of uh, a muggle that's not in your family or your close family or something like that. That's not what's worded. But it's, I was going to say, do they bring up the fact that it's in front of... Here's my, here's my rant. Okay. So, um, in this letter, they basically yell at Harry and uh, condemn him for using underage magic in front of a muggle. Yes? No, it doesn't bring up the fact that it was done in front of a muggle. It just says that he did underage magic. The only thing According that to the statute of secrecy or something is that, like that it puts at risk... The statute of secrecy. Not magical, yeah. Yeah. Which essentially is magic in front of a muggle, right? Yeah, obviously. Exposure of the community. Right. So here's my thing. How does the ministry send him this letter? They literally send an owl that drops the letter on this lady's head. Really? Like, you're... Okay, well, we all know the ministry of magic is not exactly the smartest of governments. No, but I'm like, so your idea to condemn this boy of using underage magic is to send an owl and drop the letter on the person's head who he committed the magic in front of. Because you're not doubling down on the magic at this point. You're like, clearly something is going on. But the ministry doesn't know who the magic was done in front of. They just know, like... I don't well, know how this much is the you second... want me to talk no. about this, because this is more information that we find out in later books. Well, you're right, because this is the second part of my rant. Okay. Is you have a wizard committing underage magic in front of a muggle. Yes. Well, there's a variety of things that can happen here. It's Harry, like in the zoo, accidentally doing magic mm-hmm. that was in front of a whole bunch of muggles. But no one really noticed. No one noticed that it was him that was specifically doing it. Fine, whatever. Didn't get yelled at for that. Two, what constitutes, like, obviously the immediate family, and this gets back to a conversation we had last chapter about, like, what, where do you draw the line as far as who um, knows and who doesn't know? Yeah. Because if your mother and father know that you are, let's say, 13, obviously at Hogwarts, and you are learning magic, can can you get away with it because they know you're a wizard? So this is what I mean by, like, I don't know how much you want me to talk because the things I want to say to you right now are things that we find out about the Statue of Secrecy and underage magic. All right. How about we get this? We're going to have a very loaded spoiler session. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've already brought up a couple of things. That we just want to talk about in this point. Jake, no. Don't forget. Uh, which we will. We'll forget something and we apologize profusely. Yeah. But uh, I guess we'll, you'll respond to me in the spoiler section. <laughs> but this is just a couple of rants that I had reading this where I'm just like, wait, 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 wait. 
what? Oh no, it's <laughs> like, completely stupid. It's like, uh, yeah. It's like ministry magic. You're literally doubling down on what he did, which he didn't do. Do which is a whole other segment. Yeah. We'll just save it for the spoilers. But th- <laughs> those are those are a couple of rants that I have that I just wanted to go on. Anyway, let's just go to the spoilers. <laughs> well, it's fresh in our head, and we can just. Enjoy the break sound again, (laughs) and we'll be right back. Amazing! This is just like magic! Alright, we are in spoilers, which we were just chomping at the bit to get to, because we had a whole bunch from this chapter that we just wanted to get into. So, we'll just kick it right off where we left off. My Dan rant on underage magic, and how the Ministry of Magic made no sense with how they dealt with it, and then... It, then I brought up the differentiation between like, well, if the key is to keep it secret from muggles that aren't aware of it, do parents? Parents are, and this is what I was going to say, parents, it's it's stated somewhere in one of the books, like very explicitly, like. The ministry relies on the parents of underage wizards to enforce the no magic. Like even muggles. If not even muggles, because that's literally that is the only way they know that, you know, underage magic was done at Perfect Drive because no other, no of age witches or wizards live there. They know Harry Potter is the only wizard in that vicinity he is underage therefore underage magic must have been committed so like say Dobie did the hover charm in front of Harry at the burrow where there's Molly and Arthur Harry wouldn't have gotten that letter he wouldn't have gotten the warning from a father hawker which shout out this is the first time we hear from a father hawker that is true would have known that she becomes a thing but anyway like (laughs) It would have been up to Harry and Arthur to discipline one of their kids for doing underage magic. There's no way for the magic, the ministry to differentiate between. Further question then. So there's two different types of magic that untrained wizards do. There's the first, second year, literally trying out spells, trying to get better at it with their wands. And then there's the bubbling through of emotions or whatever, and magic just happens. Not necessarily targeted, but it just happens. Yeah. How can you, can you blame an underage, untrained wizard to let that go? And then, because that's what this was, essentially, was a non-wand version of magic. So if they really wanted to get down to it and really put Harry on trial, spoiler alert, (laughs) put Harry on trial for using underage magic, they could go to his wand and see yes. that he clearly did not perform a hover charm. Yes. Well, and I think <laughs> so. that's why he only gets the warning. And then, you know, in Prisoner of Azkaban, he's, it's not like he's put on trial for blowing up his Aunt Marge. Exactly. And yes, obviously there were extenuating circumstances in that situation because Sirius Black had escaped. But I think even if they weren't all worried about Sirius Black coming after Harry at the time, I think he still wouldn't have been put on trial for accidentally blowing up his aunt. I think the Ministry, shockingly, is able to use some sorts of logic. I think if enough instances happen, they say maybe, okay, hey, maybe you need to come in and meet with us and we need to look at your wand and see what it is exactly you're doing. 
are you really just having all these accidental episodes of magic? So what are your thoughts then on like in a muggle family? Parents are muggles. This is a muggle-born wizard or witch. And they're doing magic or whatever. And they're like 13. And it's oh, just... the ministry would be coming down on them because the ministry Even if it's know, just like with their the parents? Only, because they're still practicing underage. Their neighbors Even though it's not the statute of secrecy necessarily that they're but breaking. But it is still the statute of secrecy because what if one of their neighbors sees or something? So <sighs> like that's why... Because I think... The ministry's point is, you know, until you've grown up and you've come of age, maybe some of the magic you would be doing would be irresponsible and therefore more noticed by muggles. So they're going to trust, you know, like Molly and Arthur to be doing magic in their home because they're going to be aware of not of not letting muggles see them. Whereas their children may be not as responsible, so they're relying on Molly and Arthur to make sure that doesn't happen. Muggle-born children, you know, they're just always going to be obvious. They're the ones doing the magic, so the ministry's automatically going to assume it's magic that could be noticed by muggles. Does that make sense? It what makes I'm sense. To say? No, it makes sense. I, I still the trace is stupid. I still have issues. Oh, yeah. with it. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, though. I'm with you. I and think obviously, this is stupid. not a perfect, precise thing yeah. because. Obviously, they couldn't tell the difference between a wizard and a house elf. Yes. Uh, which gets us to the house elf, which mm-hmm. is great infinite cosmic power in an itty bitty little pillowcase. So. <laughs> you're welcome. So. That's, that's my second Aladdin reference. Of the day. It's and I'm, so happy. I'm very proud of it. So, that was even better than your first one. Oh my god, I can literally hear Robin. I can hear him. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, so, But also, like my first one, not entirely untrue. Because house elves are shockingly powerful. Oh, they're so powerful. They have some magic that wizards and witches don't have. Mm-hmm. They can apparate in and out of Hogwarts. <laughs> they can. And a bunch of other places that they're yes. not supposed to. Yes. Uh, wandless magic is yes. very easy and very precise for them. Mm-hmm. Um, wands are actually kept from them. It makes you wonder how powerful they would be if they were given wands. You're right. Uh, Grip talks about that mm-hmm. in later books about how they've really... Uh, wizards have held down yeah. some of the quote-unquote creatures mm-hmm. of... Um, like uh, goblins, house elves, I'm assuming centaurs, centaurs, if they even wanted to. I don't know. But yeah. So it's heartbreaking to see like such a powerful mm-hmm. entity kind of literally being shackled. Yeah. Uh, which is why the genie reference comes to, yeah. to play. So just like the genie, he's such a kind little soul. And can is being mistreated by so many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the family that he's being mistreated by, which was our other big yes. spoiler section <laughs> yes. commentary, I did want to get to one point of Dobby's message that he has for Harry. Mm. Um, 
And I think we both pulled this in our notes and we both have questions. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if the que- we didn't talk in depth once we figured out that we both had the same note. We just kind of stopped. <laughs> so, um, so I don't know if it's the same exact note, but anyway, my note is Dobby obviously knows a lot about Harry and he knows a lot about Dumbledore. He knows a lot about Hogwarts in general, and he knows a lot about this threat that's coming. If he knows that much about all the players involved, wouldn't he technically know that Harry shouldn't be in danger from the threat? Oh. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, this is a spoiler section. So the, the threat. Very big spoilers here. If you really don't want the spoiler, <laughs> it kind of ruins the book. Uh, the Basilisk is going after Muggleborns. Muggleborns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harry's not that. Harry is not that, but Doobie knows and tries to give Harry the worst hint of all time. <laughs> that, at the end of the day, the main person behind the plot is Voldemort, sure. who is always going to be a threat to Harry Potter. I do still think at the heart of, you know, anything to do with the Chamber of Secrets and any sort of artifact that would have anything to do with Voldemort. Like, Dobie knows that that diary belonged to a version of Lord Voldemort. So inherently that is going to mean danger to Harry Potter. That's fair. So it's more the, not the direct danger, it's the secondary nature of it? I think Dobie's smart enough to know eventually this is going to lead to something bad enough that it's going to put this great boy in danger. Okay. Because reading it, I'm like, Harry wouldn't be in direct danger from this threat that's potentially being unleashed. So I'm like, I have the question, like, what does Dobie think keeping Harry locked up in a muckle house is going to do to protect him from the danger coming? I've been critical of Harry at some points of, like, his rashness to go out and do things. Fair. I do understand his anxiety here, though. Oh, absolutely. Of, like, I can't, I cannot stay here. I have to get out, I have to get back to Hogwarts. And at this point, again, he doesn't know his broader place in this world yet. No. Um, But he knows it's his world. Right, but as far as his broader place, he doesn't know his piece of the puzzle yet, so he doesn't know that he has to be at Hogwarts. You know, so it's, if he were to stay at the Dursleys because Dobby succeeded. Whatever. He got his way and things happened and whatever and Harry's staying. You don't think Dumbledore would be rolling up to the house, knocking on the door being like (laughs) no, get to school. That was (laughs) my actual question too. Like where did Dobie really see this going? Like okay sure he got bars put on Harry's window. Awesome. Even if Ron hadn't come did we really think Harry was going to be allowed to like a hundred percent. Harry to doesn't know that, hence yeah. his anxiety. Well, but yeah, there's no way he's not going back to Hogwarts. Let's just dismiss well, that. But idea. I think that's also just like building on his anxieties that he's already been feeling all throughout summer too. Like, yeah, oh yeah, was the last year of my life real? Like, did I make best friends with Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger? Did I do people more? Like, also, that's a where did all of it go? That taste. Of what your life can be and what it could be in all of the splendid, like, wondrous nature of it. And then you get ripped back to a different reality. 
and now you're just starving for that that taste back again. Man, that's a lot to kind of deal with. Yeah. Um, and then like the letters is it just adds so much to it. But yeah, uh, again, it really, Dobby, you're gonna hold him? It, no, <laughs> it's it's never gonna They're happen. Cute little friend, but no. <laughs> uh, Good attempt, <laughs> but it was never going to happen. That would not have gotten like two days in without like. But he's trying so hard. I feel like he's just yeah. doing whatever he can think of to protect Harry. And like, has anybody really tried to protect Harry since Hagrid? his mother and father died? Hagrid. I, don't, I would argue Hagrid. Literally, he swept him up from the house and then yeah. took him to on orders. I guess clearly he didn't want to do it. Him sobbing, <laughs> like, giving, no. giving the like. <laughs> Really twisted his arm there. Yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying though. Again, because you know my take on Dumbledore trying not to protect him for sure. Oh, so, anyway, so let's just move right into <laughs> Dobby and his family um, uh, because that was a big spoiler that we wanted to save for now. Obviously, it's Malfoy family. Yeah. Which, knowing that these kind of things that he's letting go in this conversation with Harry just kind of perks my attention a little bit while reading and be like, well, what exactly are the Malfoys saying about Dumbledore? What are they saying about Harry? What are they saying about what had they said about the night Voli disappeared? Yeah. All those conversations since Lucius going into a more corporate thing from being a Death Eater. (laughs) You know, like how that transition go. Have there been other Death Eater, like former Death Eaters in the Malfoy house that he's been privy to those conversations? conversations. What they're going to do without him there, what are, how they're going to proceed. Fascinating stuff, but I'm also just like imagining him like, okay, the reason he knows that Ron and Hermione are his best friends is because all of the petty little rants that Draco has been going on all <laughs> yeah, summer... <laughs> You know it's been happening. Dad, there are these kids. I hate them. <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably... The Lucius conversations are much more interesting. But the petty rants are funnier. <laughs> I could see Malfoy talking more about Ron and Hermione than Crabbe and Goyle over the oh, summer. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Crabbe and Goyle, uh, bless them, but they're not that interesting. They're just not. And Malfoy knows it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... It's just interesting to kind of imagine what those conversations were kind of like and how they spoke of those moments, Mm -hmm. spoke of Harry. Um, Clearly, they've done it a lot for him to pick up on so much. Also, what their motivations exactly are with the diary. They know it's a strong magical object. Yes. But they don't know how strong. Protected. Yeah, they don't know how strong it is yeah. or what exactly it is. Are they even 100% aware it's even a key almost to the Chamber of Secrets? That I think they do know. Because I think that was the whole goal. Well, I think the goal was twofold. I think they wanted to open the Chamber of Secrets and cause some some mass chaos at Hogwarts. Cause Dumbledore some problems because Malfoy obviously hates Dumbledore. Then I also feel like Lucius just wanted to get rid of this connection to Voldemort. Like, it was clearly Tom Mm. Riddle's diary. I don't think he wanted that piece of guilt, like, 
that could, I mean, obviously it would have thrown him immediately into Azkaban for him to be in possession of such an item. He should have been there anyway. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I get his excuses for not or being coerced or being imperious or whatever his excuses ended up being. It was one of those two. Should have been there anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, I agree. I also agree with about 95% of what you just said. Okay. Uh, chaos, for sure. I think they definitely wanted the chaos. I think they definitely wanted Dumbledore out from the chaos. I don't know, and this is where I differ, I don't know if they're 100% sure that chaos comes from a basilisk in the basement. Well, no, I don't think they know the basilisk, but I think they know it belonged to Tom Riddle. Like, because obviously Dobie knows Tom Riddle. That's that horrible hint he was trying to give Harry. And then I think, I think when Voldemort gave it to Lucius, it was as a, like, someday this will reopen the Chamber of Secrets. Keep it safe. And that's literally all Lucius knew and was told. Hmm. I, I, don't I don't know, know where I got that idea from, but I feel very strongly about it. Like, I don't know. I feel That's very the 5% sure. that I, I waver from you on. I don't know. I don't know if... I, And you know why I waver from you in that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't give Lucius enough credit for that. Like, I don't give him, like, enough... Uh, I get he was high up on that chain. He was the top of the chain, wasn't he? At some point, considered? He was majorly Near high up, yeah. top three, let's say. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So he was in the higher up mm-hmm. circle... And I think, as obviously Voldy ends up learning, not worthy of being there. You're just not quality enough to be there. No, but I think who he is married to, she's smart. Narcissa, I think, could have worked that out. Like, I think everything Lucius knew, even if Narcissa was not part of those conversations, he told every single word to her. And I think she's smart enough and she has the brains enough to figure out, like, Dude, Interesting. I think this is okay. the key or whatever. Interesting. In a future episode, I want to double back on Narcissa because I think that's a fascinating character to kind of deep dive oh, on definitely. at some point. That marriage of the two of them just screams mm. politics. Oh, yeah. It's a that's political marriage. Yes, right there, 100%. Totally, yeah. That's a fascinating discussion that we should have for a later time. Also, um, <laughs> Helen McCrory. Oh, R.I.P. Yes, rest in peace. Passed away the last year, uh, played Narcissa in the movies, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a number of other oh, yeah. uh, roles that she's had. Uh, I liked her in Peaky Blinders. I thought she was great in that, too. But anyway, that's the sidetrack. <laughs> but yeah, no, the role of Narcissa, I think, is a good deep dive at some point um, in the future that we should probably double back on at some point. For sure. You know what question I did yeah. think of? We talked a lot about Dobie and his compulsion to harm himself. Mm-hmm. Do you think he ever really healed from that before, you know, the worst thing ever happens? Because I feel like, you know, yes, he becomes confident. Yes, he becomes strong. But I, I was just, you no, know. That's a lot of. I know. Tra- and I don't even know how old he is at that point. No, I don't know either. I don't know I the lifespan. Like, I feel like he's still but... scared of the Malfoys. I feel like sometimes it's still hard for him to not punish himself and not injure himself, <sighs> even when he's, you know... Anna, you're uh, towards the end of this episode. You're delving into deep know. psychiatric I know. <laughs> issues. <laughs> Sorry, I do that That's, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, no, I don't think he's recovered 
from that per se because it's a lot that's a lot of ingrained behavior to kind of overcome uh and you can see it from time to time when harry says something or when somebody else says something and he doesn't do it and then he tries to punish himself right. for it yeah so and harry's still so used to just kind of like stopping Dobie. like by the end Do harry just like automatically stops him before he can and like Dobie will like thank him yeah so i think it's still ingrained in him the idea of loyalty to a family and the idea of him having to injure himself mm -hmm. and how those are two aspects of being a house elf if it's literally in their biological nature like as a magical creature this is what they're biological that's nature. that's where i'm getting at yeah. is at what point in history oh. did wizards then yeah, enslave yeah. house elves yeah. and make that their purpose for lack of a better term yeah i think that's the actual nature of it yeah. <laughs> is that happened at some point in history and then that's just the this is the fallout from it however long it's been centuries yeah. i'd assume yeah so i guess it comes down to that but then if it's just the you're enslaved part now you have the addition of well if you disobey now you have to punish yourself is that part of the initial like magic to enslave them or is that i think that is family specific because we meet other house elves eventually. You know, we meet Winky and we meet Hokey, I think, is Hepzibah mm -hmm. Smith's house elf. And I don't, I never got the sense of Hokey doing any punishment. And Winky never punished herself, like did like self-harm. She was just so ashamed of being released from her family. It could that be. That that's when she spiraled in. It could be wizard family specific. Yeah. It could also be wizards family specific in that they either enforce the behavior or they don't. Like they yeah. foster an environment where yeah. that's not even necessary because they don't yeah. have to. Yeah. You know what I'm you know what I'm trying to yeah. say? No, I do. For example, like if Harry and Ginny <laughs> had a house elf, <laughs> I think it would be a much more loving environment oh, where yeah. they didn't ha Obviously, like yeah. the house elf would never have to feel like they well harry and Ginny would never say go punish yourself that's what i'm saying yeah it's a different kind of yeah family yeah. it's a different kind of environment mm -hmm. kind of like the dursleys and Dumbies. like get yeah. dudley away from that environment yeah. you might be better same thing maybe mm -hmm. i don't know i'm just kind of spitballing here <laughs> but well, look at Creature and how different Creature is when he's removed from Mrs. Black and even, you know, Sirius treating him so horribly. That's an interesting case, though, because Sirius treated him poorly. Yeah. But the Black family as a whole, I don't think, treated him all that poorly. Didn't treat him poorly, but ingrained some pretty terrible thoughts they weren't, into They his weren't head. great people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they didn't so, like, specifically Creature treat him bad. Great elf. Like, right. So, but remove him from those not great people. And Creature was leading the house elf charge at the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah. 
So, I mean, so that's, that's, I just mean, like, that's a fascinating case that I do want to get to when we get oh, yeah. there. Because be it's a really stuff. fascinating kind of dynamic oh, that sure. kind of turns some things on its head, which is interesting. But, wow, okay, that was a lot of add. <laughs> <laughs> add on to uh, House Elf Psychology. Uh, this has been House Elf Psychology 101. You're welcome. Uh, I yes. think about Jovi a lot. <laughs> As you should. I was literally going to base my opinion of the seventh movie part two mm. based on if they had something related to Dobby in it or not specifically. And thank goodness they had it right out the gate in like oh, yeah. the first 30 seconds. Oh yeah. And I literally like relaxed myself and I was like, I, I'm, I'm okay with this movie now. <laughs> we can proceed. Oh, I got stuff. I'm ready to cry just thinking about it. And on that note, we are going to stop the podcast. <laughs> Check us out at Hogwarts a Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me specifically at Daniel underscore Allen 44 on both of those. Um, Come fight with me in the comments on Twitter and maybe now Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Hope you're enjoying this. Please engage with us. Talk with us, read along with us. Uh, we like to hear everybody's thoughts. So with that, we will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts a Pod.